0: I can tell you this about your pastors, they love you and they love God, and I think that's that's what you want out of your pastor. You just want them to love you and love God, and, and they're the real deal, uh, genuine integrity, uh, helping to lead. I know what we do in planning churches, uh, there's some of those leaders that help others figure things out, and just, my life is better. I think the kingdom of God is better uh, because of your pastors. I know our family uh, connects with this family here, in the Nepsteads, and just, we're, we're we're just doing life together, just trying to figure things out, reach more people. So uh, good days are ahead, and, uh, and we're grateful. I know the Rizzos are doing well. We, we, I pastored in, in Louisiana for, for 20 years, planted a church there. We pastored 20 years, relocated to Birmingham, uh, Alabama. So I'm down in the deep, dirty south, come on, uh, down in Alabama. And uh, we're serving at Church of the Highlands, a church like this. Seeing people baptized, helping people get in small groups and a generous church, making a difference locally as well as around the world through serving and and you're a part of that and and then get to serve at Ark and so our family's doing well, Uh, family's getting older. How many of us, it's another world when you're raising grown kids, come on somebody, just raising them grown kids and so I brought a picture of our family, Uh, I never speak without showing a picture uh, of our family, the Rizzo's. Uh, that's the, right there. That's the Rizzo. That's the Rizzo squad. And the best thing going on in my life are those who bear my last name. I promise you that. That's our daughter right there. She's 16, going on like 30. And so uh, I'm flying back tonight because it's homecoming week. Oh, it's homecoming. I'm a cheer dad. Come on, I ain't afraid. I'll go spirit fingers right now. Brother's a cheer dad. She's cheerleader in homecoming. Then that's our oldest daughter, McCall. Uh, Our baby's Isabella, that's what we call. She works at Church of the Highlands, graduated from LSU, and just a blessing. That's my son Dylan. Uh, He's 21 years old, lives up in New York, uh, in Manhattan this morning. Texts me this morning, so I'm heading into church. He serves up there and is on the team at Hillsong, New York. Looks like a worship leader because he hasn't bathed in a couple weeks, but uh, he's not a worship leader. That's a value at Hillsong, you don't bathe, and so it's just an awesome, awesome value. And then that's my lovely wife, Delenn Monique Uh, Rizzo. Come on, Monique. Some days she's little Delenn. Other days she's Monique. Come on, men. You got to know what you're dealing with when you're on your way home. We've been married 28 years. She's the best Christian I know, and I thank God for her, and she loves this family, loves your pastors, but if you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Luke. I love teaching out of the New Testament. I love the series that you're in right now. I love my church, and uh, I want to come right alongside of the the, the conversation that your pastor's having with you, and get right up into that because I believe God is, has has given you a role and He's given you a reach uh, in this community for for reaching other people. And and I want to talk out of Luke chapter 14. I want to talk around the idea of uh, where where you and I can live an inviting life. The, just the power of an invite. Um, it's amazing how that, that we can live our life in a way that I could care, I can serve, I can give, I can notice, I can, I can pause, and that my life can actually be an invitation to other people to know Christ or to find freedom in their life or, or to believe that they can start again uh, in their life. And I want to talk about that because so many people are one invitation away uh, to church. And if they get an invitation to church, they can be one invitation away from a new beginning in their life. Or in their marriage, and I just want to continue to be a person who lives an inviting life, because I believe there is a power in an invite, and I want to talk about that for a few minutes, so let's pray. Father, we love you, we thank you for what you're doing, this amazing church, and all that's happening with kids now, and all that's happening across church life, and in the growth track, and Lord, just the things that you planted in men's hearts uh, this weekend for small groups, and to, to just be a part, Father, We're just, we just want to be a part of what you're doing, and and we bring our good, bad, and ugly, Father. We just, we just need your help as, 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 as people here. Father, I thank you that you, you know every single person here. It's not by accident that we've gathered. Lord, it's just divine. We're, we're meant to be in this room in this moment. And so, Lord, I just pray you'd help every person to, to know that they can live an inviting life, to say yes to the invitation, and to, and to live an inviting life. We love you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. I want you turn to the person next to you and say, I'm glad you made it to church today. Come on, look at the other person that was your second choice. Now you know who you are. Say, so you look like you could use some church, my brother, my friend. Luke chapter 14. I love how Jesus was social. I know he was, he was sacred, and he was holy, he was sinless. Jesus had the ability to be sinless. But he was very social. I think sometimes we don't see Jesus as social. I think we see him as just an isolated, lone, like Yoda living in the woods, just <laughs> alone. And he would just walk through the village alone, like, you know, like with, just in a robe. And people would mention things to him, and he would just, The force would be with thee. But that's not what you, you don't read that in the Bible. You read a very social savior. I think that's fascinating because that's what I need. To be just honest with you, I need that. I need that in my life. Luke chapter 14, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said, Jesus, so they're in a conversation. Blessed is the man who will eat the feast in the kingdom of God. Jesus is at someone's home. It's a prominent person. They're having a feast and people are sitting around talking. It's a dinner. It's a, it's a gathering and they're talking and they're, they're talking about being together. and someone hears this idea that Jesus talks about how that when, when you give a luncheon or you talk about a, when, you, when you meet for coffee and you read in these previous verses, make sure you invite people. make sure you're, you're inviting others, you're thinking, you're lifting your head and noticing other people in your surroundings. and this person hears that just think, he just interrupts, it just blurts out, uh, "Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast." In the kingdom of God. So obviously he hears something that just gets him excited. And he just says, wow, blessed are those who sit at your table, Lord. So Jesus goes another layer. Jesus replies, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those, this is important, who had been invited. They had already been notified about this gathering, this this party, this, this event. They had already been invited. Uh, to tell them, uh, come on, everything is now ready. We're, we're ready. It's going it's to start in about, about six hours. So we need to get cleaned up, get ready. because we're, we're going over to the, to the master's house. They've already been invited. they would already received an invitation. It says, but all of them alike began to make excuses. The first one said, and Jesus is telling the story. He says, I, I just bought a field. I must go and see it. Please excuse me. So he just says, I, I just need to go see the field that I bought. He says, see if it's there, if the grass is growing, (laughs) the dirt has moved. He makes an excuse. So he has so many possessions that his possessions are keeping him from an invitation. So often our our possessions keep us from things, more meaningful things. You know, there's nothing wrong with having possessions. The problem is when possessions have us. So his possessions owned him. Uh, Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen. And I'm on my way to try them out. So I'm, I'm very busy. I, I just don't have time in my schedule. There's just these things have popped up and I've got to go deal with them. I've got a busy job. I'm very important. I'm, I'm under high demand. There's just a lot in my schedule and I can't fit it in. So please excuse me. So he has a job. He's busy. And because he's so busy, he makes an excuse. Still another one says, I just got married, which I think is awesome. He, he uses his wife as an excuse. He says, I can't come. I mean, she's, she has nothing to wear. The shoes don't match, and her nails are horrible. And, um, I, I, just, and I just can't come. I can't, I can't do it. Please excuse me. Now, watch what happens here. Jesus is telling the story. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry. Jesus uses the word angry. He became angry. He ordered his servants. Okay, then, go back out. Quickly, go into the streets and the alleys in the town and bring in the poor the crippled, the blind and the lame go get the lost and the lonely and the lowest and and, and let's get them in here and bring them into my house. <laughs> Sir the servant says, so this obviously there's a time gap here that we don't know how long it is between these two verses but verse 27 is a little bit later in the evening or later in the afternoon. the servant said to him, what you ordered has been done, But there's still room. We're we're almost full, but there's just about 80% left in in the banquet room. And the master says, that's not good enough. I need you to go back out. I need you to go to the roads. I need you to go to the country lane. So go into the city center. Go out into the extended areas. Don't just stay here. Keep moving. And make them come in. Compel them to come in so that my house will be full. That's the order. That's the goal. That's what he's trying to get across to the servants. That we will keep going out, we will keep inviting, we will keep extending the invitation to my house is full. Can I have a good amen for God's word? I love this story because I love everything about this story. Sometimes I'll read a a verse like that, and I love Luke because Luke deals with a lot of details, uh, and I, I, I have a big imagination. And I try to imagine these stories and, and the moments, and I just love everything about this. I, I, I made a little note, just some commentary on this as it relates to I love my church and living in inviting. Like, here's the first thing that I notice immediately when I read this because there's about 16 other uh, moments like this, and it's very obvious to me that Jesus loved parties. Now, you may, I don't know about that. I did not grow up, the church that I went to, Thinking Jesus loved parties, it was presented to me in a way that Jesus loved root canals. <laughs> horrible moments. It's all over the book. It's all over the gospel. Jesus was a big party goer. He loved social environments. You say, why did he love parties? Because he loved people. People are at parties. And what's interesting to me is that Jesus normally went to a party that was in a house. So we could say that Jesus loved House parties, and I'm not talking about Sam Hunt house party. I'm talking about old school kid and play house party. Come on, you don't know nothing about that. Come on, old school. Jesus loved being at party. He he almost accepted inv- inv- invitation. He went to people. He went to parties and gatherings that the religious group said, "Oh no, no, don't go down that street." You don't know what happens at that cul-de-sac. Come on, somebody. They crazy down there. Go all night long. Don't even know the people. I mean, those are people that you do not hang out with. And Jesus said, where are they? I need, I need to go over there. Matter of fact, one time he was in a city, and, and one of those was up in a tree trying to see him. He's a short little man. He got up in a tree so he could see Jesus. And Jesus said, hey, Zacchaeus. He said, what? He said, we having a party at your house tonight. Oh, no, no, I'm not having a party. You are now? Jesus is the type of person that would invite himself to a party. I love that because I invite myself to stuff all the time. You want me at your party? We're gonna have funner. We're gonna. I, I'm a, i am mean, we're gonna. I'm. I'm am I'm gonna bring some lit up in it. Come on. What's up? What up? What up? Where the DJ? Where the DJ? Change that song. Come on. Let's get some Gap Band up in here. Come on, somebody. Old school. You know, I, Jesus made it. It's just he loved being with people. He loved it. That's why they always said, he's eating with sinners. Why is he with all these people? Because he loves people. One of the things I see in this story is how excuses can cause you to miss out. I wonder, what we, I wonder what excuses we make now in our life to not be involved, to not be committed, to not give, to not tithe, to not lead a small group. And I wonder, what those, I wonder what those excuses are going to cause us to miss out on. I wonder, how many, I wonder how many things I've missed out on because of my excuses. I don't want to do it anymore. I loved how Jesus kept expanding the invite list. Always adding, always bringing. Jesus was an inviter. I'm, I'm like that. Dylan will say, what are we who are you bringing over tonight?" I'm not real sure. Just make a lot of food. <laughs> just, bring, just make a lot of food. Because I I love expanding the invite list. I'm an includer. Jesus was an includer. I think sometimes we think that he was trying to shorten the list. Let's see how how small we can make the list. And he kept expanding it, opening it up. Then I love how when he would expand the list, then the burden of the expansion was upon the servants. So the servants had to keep making adjustments. And being fluid and flexible and making room. Why? Because the house needs to be full. I know we have three services, but now we need to go to four services. I I know you're used to going to this time, but now we're going to go to this time. I, I know you've been liking coming to this service, but now I need you to serve in the parking lot. Now I need you to be a part of kids' ministry. Why? Because we keep being fluid and flexible. Why? So we can have a full house. And we keep changing our roles so that we can keep extending our reach. Whether it's in this location or another location or another expression or another serve or, or another way to reach people, another creative idea that God gives us so that we can reach it to another area or another subdivision or another zip code. Why? Because God wants his house full. He loves people. He loves people. He loves people. And Jesus just kept making every moment more meaningful. He loved being around people. He loved being around groups of people. He could have traveled all by himself. If there was anybody that could be a solo act, it could be Jesus. He just sings solo, just all by himself on stage, just solo. But he didn't. He was he was he loved a quartet. He loved like a He people with him on stage. like MC Hammer just had people everywhere on stage. His entourage just had buses full of people. He had, he had three that was always up in the SUV with him. Then he had 12 that were following in a van. And then he had 70 in a bus. Come on, somebody. When Jesus traveled, he just went with people everywhere. Go get some food ready and let's get into this village. And, and matter of fact, we're going to have so many people here that they're going to be outside in the yard. Now, that's a party when it's extended out to the front yard. What's out in the street? He has so many people at a party, he couldn't even get down the street. The Bible said that Jesus would show up at a house and the people would be waiting outside three and four deep, listening from the windows. Because he was just, he loved people. And he didn't want anybody to miss out. There's that expression now, FOMO, fear of missing out. A lot of people have it. I think that's why social media is so important. Because we don't want to miss out on nothing. What's what's my cousin doing? Oh, man, she's bowling. (laughs) My life's terrible. I'm not bowling. Why am I not bowling? (laughs) i got to (laughs) work. Seeing people on vacation, just mad at them. On vacation. I can't stand them. I can't stand them. We're looking at everybody's life. Uh, looking at, uh, get, got 15 social media platforms because we just don't want to, can't miss out on nothing. I, I, Jesus didn't want people to miss out. So he was, a, he, was a, he was among the people. Healing and giving truth. and Extending the invitation. Living an inviting life. An invitation feels so good. I love, I love how God gives us a sense of belonging. Every time I get an invitation, I just feel like someone's inviting me. I like being invited to something. If not, I'll just show up. <laughs> Dylan, the other day we were at a place and we were walking, and Dylan said, I didn't see the invitation. Did you get the invitation? No, I didn't get an invitation. I heard about it. <laughs> she was just, just horrified. I was like, listen, it's all good. It's all good. 30 seconds in, they're going to be glad we're here. What's up? What's up? I mean, everybody wants more people at their party. How many ever had a party and nobody show up and you just feel like, oh, man, this is not good. You ever, have you ever walked into a party no one was at? Yo, what's up? What's up? Man, I'm like an hour late. Where is everybody? Oh, they're going to be here in a little bit. No, nah, they ain't going to be here. Ain't nobody going to be here. Man, i got to go check on my guinea pig cage. I'll be back in a little while. Check on my hamster. It, 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 it's, it, it's more. It's including. Can I tell you something about this church? This church is an including church. It wants to include you. That's why there's a growth track. That's why there's a small group. That's why you don't have to know like some secret handshake. This ain't one of them churches where you got to have a code. And you got to know some kind of... Hey, you come on in. There's not some secret. This ain't that church. This church is come as you are. Come in all your mess. Come in all your struggle. Come in about what season. If you don't know nothing, you can belong as you're trying to believe. This is that house. If you're addicted. If you're messed up. If you're in pain. This is a welcoming house. It's inviting. Because that's what our Savior was. He was an inviting Savior. And now He He hands us the invitation. And He says, now you get to steward the invitation by the way that you give. I don't know about it. I don't know about that, Pastor. How could, how could I ever carry the invitation? Not what I've been through, not what I've dealt with, not, not my life. But he gives us an invitation. I'm gonna break this down, give you some application, then we'll finish up. What is this invitation? First thing, it's an invitation to rest. Yeah. Amen. We need an invitation to rest in such a busy, confusing, taxing world. Matthew chapter 11, verse 22. I love this verse. I try to read. I read it this morning in my, my devotion. I read the Jesus calling devotion, and the scripture was there again in my de- Jesus calling devotion. Come unto me, all who are weary and are burdened, and Jesus says, I will give you rest. So often we're trying to rest in environments that we're never going we're, we're to be, be fulfilled. We're never going to find that peace in life. I will give you rest. We live in a world where there's so much um, unrest. There's a lot of restlessness in marriages and with single and blended families and, and those that are struggling with addiction. It used to be back in the day where not every family was touched with addiction. It's hard to find a family now where someone in their family is not working through some type of an addiction. And Jesus says, come unto me all you that are weary and are carrying such a heavy burden, a burden of shame, a burden of guilt, a burden of confusion, and I will give you rest. That's why one of the themes of this house is what? Welcome home. Because this is a home. This is a place for you. Even I don't care what, what home you came from or, or, or what type of, uh, how, how nomadic you may feel, you can, you can find rest here. And the way that we carry ourselves and the way that we serve and the way that we give and the way that we're kind and the way that we're including as a church and as a family, as a single, a single again, all that helps add to the rest the way our worship is led, the way we care about families that bring in children, all that, you are contributing to the, to the home environment. The other thing, it's an invitation to discover. I love that. Through small groups and through a growth track and through next steps. Hey, let's discover what we're here for. Let's discover what's, what, what now. How do I, what do I do now with my life? What do I do now with my brokenness? What do I do now... With with my kids that are that are off the rails. What I'll do now with this situation that I'm dealing with. And we, we help discover together life and, and we help discover what's next. Where we can jump in and be a part and connect and, and discover the meaning of life. Discover that we can find freedom in our world, that there's a freedom that I can find in my life. And and, and churches here, and this this church has a heart for you to discover that. That you've been made for a mission. That you've, you've, you've been built to, to, to make a difference. That, that you've been wired for a work. We want to help you discover what that means. And how does that look. And the things that make you cry. And the things that make you laugh. And the things that you care about. Let's, let's put all that in circulation for the kingdom of God. And let's, and let's bring our talents and our treasure. And our touch. Let's, let's make a difference for Christ together. And, and, and who cares who gets the credit other than Jesus? Let's just be those people. It's an invitation. Maybe you're here today and you don't feel purpose. or There's that longing in your heart. There's an invitation to discover. The third thing is it's an invitation to serve. Lord, let me live my life in a way that the way that I serve is inviting to other people. It's an invitation. To serve. I, I came to Christ and, again, wasn't raised in church. It's, uh, uh, we had a little small church, about 50, 60 people, and uh, a beach church there in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, just having a blast. When I came to Christ 18, 19 years old. I just loved everybody. Talked to everybody. Met everybody. Just talking to them. About three rounds with everybody. Yo, what's up? Just talking to everybody about everything and needing this and asking this. And, and about, about two or three months into the church, an older pastor pulled me aside. He had been a pastor for years. He said, son, you know, we love having you here. You're just, you're just a, it's a lot of excitement. just brought a lot with you. Glory to God. Just <laughs> real involved. Just... Whole lot to this situation. And I never. he pulled me aside. He said, but I, want you to, I want you to know something about the family of God. I want you to know something about church. I want you to know something about this. He said, you, You've been saved to serve, not to spectate. He said, So get, let's get, if you'll get in here and start serving, then probably some of those questions and some of those things that you're working through, you'll probably find significance in serving other people because now it's not about me, myself, and I. Because so much was about me, myself, and I. And then the, the, the last thing, it's an, it's an invitation to others. Lord, I want to live my life in a way that my life is an invitation for other people. Not my life, Dina. Oh, yeah, your life. Not what I've been through. Oh, yeah, what you've been through. God wants to use you to show other people Jesus. That I can live my life in a way that's inviting. I can, li- I can live an inviting life no matter what you bid th- Not My life cannot be inviting. You don't know my brokenness. You don't know my pain. You don't know what's happened. God can use your life to be inviting. It's a great scripture. It's in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 6 through 7. I love this verse. I think it just shows what, what it means. It says this, be truly glad. There's wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show a great word. Show that your faith is genuine. How will people know that your faith and your invitation is genuine? It's because of the things that you've been through. It is being tested as fire tested, purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Let me live my life in a way that through the ups and the downs, the good and the bad, that my life will reveal Jesus to other people. That I can live my life in a way that I show Jesus forgiveness, healing, second chance, new beginning, truth, to other people. The the way that I rebound from a failure the way that I I, I refresh myself from a wound, the way that I respond when I'm rejected, that I remain strong. Thank you, Pastor Sean, for remaining strong. Thank you for remaining strong. We remain strong through our trial and our test. And because we remain strong, it has a message. Me remaining in church. I didn't quit church when I went through that. I didn't quit church When this went on, I stayed in church through my pain and through my embarrassment and through my hurt. And because I stayed in it and I remained strong, it's showing other people that Jesus is alive. So our life is inviting because we show and we reveal. I grew up with a speech problem. Uh, I was my mom's 13th pregnancy, 15th pregnancy. I'm sorry. Thirteenth pregnancy, she had ten miscarriages and three children. She had me late in life, and um, my my sisters raised me. Mother was older, and my precious sister. I have sisters ten years older than me, and sisters five years older than me. And they raised me, and uh, I didn't talk real well. Barely remember all this fifth or sixth grade. Went to, went to uh, uh, school, and they, they sent me to a special school. It was back in the seventies, and um, and it was a, it was a special school. And they sent me back to the regular school, my neighborhood school, and and, and deemed me as a resource child. That's back in the day, man. There wasn't a lot of sensitivity. Not a lot of love back in those days, man. It was paying for you used in resource, special ed. So I had a speech problem. So I couldn't, I couldn't say certain, I couldn't say R's and B's and Wood and pull and stuttered. So I was in speech therapy till I was 14 years old. And uh, you know, th- th- back in those days, you used to go to homeroom. Hey, listen. We got get on speaker. Hey, listen. We got fish sticks up in here. And, you know, we're gonna do some recess at twelve thirty. Let's get those resource kids down here. God help them. Just let's see if they. And you just get up in homeroom, like in front of everybody. What's up? See y'all at recess, twelve thirty. I'll be back in a little while. I go to recess. I say all that because I was in it. And so you go to resource, and then at twelve thirty you come back to regular class. You finish out the day with your regular class. And I did that till I was in ninth grade. And so, uh, I, and, and I look back. And I I think about those precious resource teachers. I don't know if I'd be here today if it wasn't for one of those teachers, Miss Betty, who for six years showed me flashcards. I repeated words so horrible. And She just said, you're doing so well. Loved me and cared for me all those years. and Wouldn't let me be embarrassed and protected me. I think it's so interesting now that I stand in front of people and talk with all the speech challenges. So and so, so I, I ended up going to school. But I, I, something happened. I remember I was in one of the classes, fifth, sixth grade, and, and uh, I, you know, I go back. I, I'd, so when I go back to regular school, I excel in two courses. One was like honors recess. I really had some skills. I could kill me some recess. And then the other was a, a little moment we had called show and tell. So I was good at show and tell. And then so you, the only show and tell is how it works. You would bring something from home, and you show it, and then you tell about it. So at the end of, uh, of my fifth, sixth grade year, uh, one of those, uh, they, um, a teacher got said, hey, we're going to finish up the year. It's the end of the year school party, and we're going to do the grand finale, show and tell, grand finale, grand finale. So you can bring something. So we're going to do it different. I'm going to pass around a sheet of paper. Sign your name. Find your name on the list, and then sign what you're going to bring from the house. And so I was second to the last, and another kid sat beside me. We were in the back, and so uh, you look down the list, and what you would do, just some rules, is you would see what other people are bringing, and you wouldn't try to one up them or try to duplicate what they're bringing. You try to bring something different. So it got to me, and so I, I was second to the last. I wrote GI Joe, and then uh, he got his side, and he just he went down with resource, threw a lot of shade on us, and and didn't hang out with us, and so he, he wrote GI Joe and handed it back to me with that old, little smart look he had, and we punch him in his face. And uh, you could do that in resource, not get in trouble. It's awesome. And so, uh, for real. And so I, I, I hand it back. He's kind of looking at me. Well, it, it, the, the show and tell, end of, end of your school party shows up. So he, she gets up and says, okay, who wants to go first today? And he's first one raises ooh, I'll okay. go. Big old Eddie Haskell spirit, big leave it to beaver Eddie Haskell, trying to act like he's somebody. He's giving me that look. He gets up in front of the class. He's got his GI Joe. His GI Joe is in a box. Please. It's a G.I. Joe doing it in a box. And it's my G.I. Joe so awesome. This is a box. It's kept in a closet. My dad brought it here. He's standing outside. He's got to bring it back over the closet, it's locked up, it's air conditioned, special edition, collector's items. Best G.I. Joe ever. It's a scuba G.I. Joe. He's looking at me, it's a Scuba G.I. Joe. And I'm like, how do you know it's a scuba G.I. Joe? It's never been out of the box. Don't even know where the water is. And so he's says, so awesome, so incredible. Best one ever. It's in the closet, locked up, like and down in the hallway. Okay, Joey, that's awesome. That's so incredible. Would you like to pass it? I can't pass it around. Can't touch it. Just come out and look at it. That's weird. And so we get done. And Okay, great, Joe. Thank you very much. And everybody's like, oh, that's awesome. Dina, would you like to bring your GI Joe? Yeah, I would brought my G.I. Joe. I slammed mine up on the table. My G.I. Joe lives in my backyard in a mud hole by my dog that runs on a chain. Come on. We were those kind of people. My G.I. Joe, I lit its hair on fire, stuck an M-80 to its back, got a hole in its back because my G.I. Joe's been to war. It's fought a battle or two. Got duct tape around its leg because I pulled its leg off. throw it up against the wall, stomp on it. I don't care. I got more duct tape at the house. Everybody in the class just stood up, yeah, (laughs) resource. Say, what's that got to do with church? That's got everything to do with church because my life is not a special edition. My life has not been lived in a closet. My life's not been lived in a box. I've not been handled like that. I've been through the battle. I've been through some fire. I've been through some brokenness. I've had bumps and bruises and that is life. Ain't nobody looking for some perfect life. They are looking for life that has been lived in the backyard and lived to tell about it. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that. Come on, fellowship, you know it. You know it. That's life. That's an inviting life. God can use your life. because Some of you have been through some backyards. You've been through some bumps and bruises. God wants you to use your life, your pain, your struggle. Turn it around. Or we live an inviting life to broken humanity. Let's be that church. Let's be those people. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray together. Yeah. Father, we thank you. Lord, I'm grateful that you, you reached out to me in my mud hole. You came to me in my back, your heart. Lost so broken. Father, you you bind up the brokenhearted. You set free the prisoner. You bring healing to the hurting. So, Lord, I thank you that today I can live an inviting life because I live in your invitation. All across this room, many of you have thought at times, I can never help anybody. I can't, I can't make an impact. I never live my dream. You're a candidate. You can live an inviting life when you say yes to the invitation of Jesus. All across this room, right before we finish up today, and many of you head to the opportunities around here at fellowship, I just want to give you an invitation to say yes to Jesus, to say yes to the invitation. He's inviting you for a new beginning and a fresh start. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or stand up, but I'm, I'm going to ask you that if you're here today, and you just say, Dean, I'm in a place in my life. I need to invite Jesus into my heart. I need to invite Jesus into my heart. All across this room, if that's you, could you just slip up your hand just so we can connect for a moment. We're going to help get you connected. I'm going to lead you in prayer. We're going to help take next steps. But all across this room right now, if you just say, I need to invite Jesus in my life. I need forgiveness. I need healing. I need a new beginning. Would you just slip up your hand all across this room. I see hands going up right now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In the back, I see two more. Come on. There's another one right there. There's one right there. There's another one over there. Oh, thank God. Thank you for honesty. Just one moment, we're going to come and help you make that connection, take, help you take that next step, which is so important. But Let's all pray this prayer together out loud. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you into my life. I say yes to the invitation. I believe that you died. Come on, say it all out loud. I believe that you died and that you rose again. And I confess you as my Lord and Savior. And I say yes to the invitation of life, salvation, and a new beginning. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank God, thank God.